Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode. Better is a moment that I spend with you than a million other days away. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running to the secret place. I welcome you to another episode of Women Prayer Group Podcast. We thank God for life and every good thing he has done for us. This episode features one of our recorded Bible studies. We hold our meetings every other Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Please contact us to be a part of this group by sending us a message on the Podium app. When you contact us, we will provide a conference call number with which you can dial in into our meetings. opportunity to study your word this morning we thank you because you have chosen us to understand and know you a lot of people wiser than us richer than us you've hidden yourself from them and yeah their lives are not having the peace that you give they don't have the joy that you give but you have chosen us not because we are special or because we are wise or because we are rich but just because of Jesus Christ your grace upon our lives and you will have mercy upon whom you have mercy and you show compassion to anyone you choose and that's why you have chosen us to be the ones to um, know you to be the ones to know Jesus and to be the ones to be saved from sin and to say no to sin Thank you for this power you have given us. Thank you for the knowledge you have given us. Thank you for a heart of flesh that you have given us to understand your word and to accept you, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. Thank you because of the peace that comes with salvation that you have given us. Thank you for the joy that you have given us. Thank you for the protection from evil that comes with knowing you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that speaks for us in greater things than the blood of Abel. Thank you for every good thing you've done for us. This morning, even as we have chosen to sit at your feet and study your word, and we've not um, chosen other things, but chosen to come to you to study your word, we ask that you please have mercy upon us and honor us with your presence. We ask that your presence will fill this place. And then you speak to us through your word, a word that will change our lives, a word that will change our families, the, one, the word that would make us be more like Jesus, that will make us be able to tap and access the blessings that you have for us and our families. 
the word that would help us to bring up our children in the way of God and help us to relate to our husbands with love and with respect. The word that will bring your presence into our homes and help our children to bring joy to our eyes and our hearts alone. This word of God speak unto our hearts this morning as we listen and as we read. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So I just want to recap what we did last week. We studied um, the woman of Samaria and it was beautiful and we learned a lot of things from her life, a lot of in interesting things. And I believe that last week um, we stopped at where she responded to God. So I'll just read the commentary before um, we continue. So we stopped at where she has had an unstable marriage. She had married several men, yet was not as, at peace even with the present man. And then we also talked about she faithfully followed the tradition of our fathers, but without knowing the God of our father, Jacob. Last week we talked about um, people that know all the Bible scriptures and everything about the history of Christianity. However, they don't have that encounter that we are talking about. They've not encountered Jesus in their lives. And that's the most important thing to encounter Jesus. Zacchaeus encountered Jesus. The woman of Samaria encountered Jesus. Number six, it says she gave attendance to places of worship rather than a personal knowledge of who they worshipped. And remember, let's read um, John, where the text is taken from, in chapter 4, verse 22. So let me just remind us um, what this particular point is trying to highlight. John 4.22 says that, okay, my version joins 21 to 24, so let me just read them all. Jesus replied, the time is coming, ma'am, when we will no longer be concerned about whether to worship the Father here or in Jerusalem, for it is not where we worship that counts, but how we worship. Is our worship spiritual and real? Do we have the Holy Spirit's help? For God is spirit, and we must have his help to worship as we should. The Father wants this kind of worship from us, but you Samaritans know so little about him. Worship him blindly? Why we, Jews, know all about him? For salvation comes to the world through the Jews. Yeah, so um, the woman was actually asking God about um, the best place to worship. Is it in... Um, Jerusalem or is he in this um, garrison and Jesus replied that the time is coming when we will no longer be concerned about where to worship God but how to worship God even God is not concerned about where you worship him but how you do the worship do you have the Holy Spirit's help when you worship do we have the Holy Spirit's help when we worship and so last week if we remember now we talked about COVID. COVID did not let people go to church. And that's 
and God still received these praises from people that worship him online or people that worship him at home. And so that means that it's not really where you worship God. These days we don't go to Jerusalem to worship him. But how you worship God when we sit down after a day's work and we have our bath, stay on our beds, open our Bibles, sing to God, read the Bible. How do we do it? Are we distracted? Do we worship in spirit? Do we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us how to worship Him? That is what God um, is talking about here. So we should cultivate the good habit of worshiping God in truth and in spirit. And we should worship God often. I know that in America, you might not have time because there is like the secular jobs have taken a lot of our time. I have had the opportunity to grow up in both Nigeria and um, and the U.S. Yes, yeah, so I've had the opportunity to um, experience two different countries and how they do. And in Nigeria, people rarely work at night. I mean, like, normal work hours are 9 to 5. And after 5 or 6, people try to get home. And so they have time to go for midweek services, go to church, worship. They have time to hold fellowships in their houses. People will gather at a church member's house to pray, to worship during the week. Um, the only people that go, that work like at night or do night shifts or those um, different kind of shifts are people that work in the hospitals. Basically, just healthcare workers do night shifts. And people that work in like emergency places like maybe the firefighters or the, the policemen. But majority of occupation in Nigeria is 9 to 5 and unconsciously people kind of have time to go to church or go to services and worship kind of so even if they didn't have time to like worship in their own houses they could go to church and worship so they have like kind of like an obligation to worship but in the u.s many of our occupations um require us being at work almost 24 hours like depending on your shift and if you're not at work you're sleeping so it's kind of might like have it might have an impact on how we worship or um, read the word of God, the time we spend meditating on the word of God, the time we spend understanding the chapters in the Bible, preaching this word to our children because they have to know everything about the word of God in order for them to grow in the way of God because the Bible says that train up a child in the way he or she should go and when he's older he will not forget what you have taught him about Jesus or he will not depart from the way of God when you train them at this age yeah so even from the age of one and two start telling your child about Jesus and salvation and so I want you to share your experience with me Tameka what do you think about the US does it give you time for um, Christian uh, worship? Of, of course not. Of course not. Um, it is it's hard to make time for it. Um, 
Um, I definitely do mostly in the mornings. That's the only time I have allowed to sit and think and pray and read. But other than that, it's really hard because, like you said, jobs take up a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the kids, the, the husband, you have to make time for them. So it's hard to fit in time, but I do try to make it in the morning. Yeah. 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 So that means in the U.S., if you want to serve God, you have to be intentional about it because knowingly, and it might not even be your fault because you have to put food on the table. Your jobs could prevent you from worship, quality worship. And we as the creation of the almighty God, he desires us to praise and worship him for everything he has done for us. If only God would open our eyes to see the angels that he has put to protect us. The way he is planning our future so that everything will work together for our good. If only God could open our eyes to see, we will be worshiping God more than how we're doing right now. And so, um, this part, God was, Jesus was trying to tell the woman that it's not where you worship God, you can worship God anywhere, but how you do it. How you worship God. Do you ask for the Holy Spirit's help? In order to give God the quality worship He desire, desires, remember God doesn't need our money, or the 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 people that need our money, the church needs your money to help the widows to do some church projects, and that is good to give. But God Himself does not need your money. He needs your praises. He needs your worship. He needs our obedience. He needs our love. So he loves us so much that he came into this world to die for us. And the least we could do is to obey him, is to worship him, is to sing to him, is to spend time reading his word so that we will not forget and make a mistake and sin against him. So um, the Bible in Joshua 1.8 says that this book of the law, which is the Bible, um, shall not depart out of your mouth, but meditate on it day and night, so that you will be able to observe everything that has been written in the Bible. And when you do, God will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. And so it looks like the Bible, reading the Bible, meditating on the Word, is a secret to good success. And God will help us that even though we have like lots of commitments like our jobs our families our kids we would still find time to read his word still find time to pray find time to sing to him and find time to um teach our children to do the same so that he would um be closer to us and so that we would also introduce this god that has been good to us to our children Amen. So let's quickly go to the number seven. Feel free to interrupt me if you have anything to contribute. So point seven says that she was eager to receive the water that will solve our immediate problem of not coming to the well to fetch physical water again, but not quenching, not the quenching of the 
real thirst of our spiritual life. Just told her that if she drinks the water that he would give her, she would never thirst again. And, and she wanted to collect it because she didn't want to come to the well to fetch water again. However, what Jesus meant was the spiritual water that you didn't need to draw from a well. The spiritual water that Jesus gives. And you'll never be thirsty again. So, can we talk quickly talk about the kind of thirst that Jesus was explaining here? What kind of thirst is this? It's not the physical thirst for physical water. It's a thirst that is different. And do we have that kind of thirst? What kind of thirst is this? A thirst that can be quenched by only the water that Jesus gives. Jesus replied, John 4, 13. Jesus replied that people soon became thirsty again after drinking this physical water. But the water I give them, he said, becomes a perpetual spring within them, watering them forever with eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me some of this water. This is verse 15. Then I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to make this long trip out here every day. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And then she continued the conversation that she was not married. So what kind of um, thirst can this be? A thirst such that um, cannot be quenched by drinking physical water. Have you ever been thirsty before? And you're like, oh, I need to drink water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And but that kind of thirst, she was, I feel like she was searching for was for her soul. Because, you know, sometimes when you get a little overwhelmed or anything, you just don't know what to do. That's the kind of thirst I think that she's experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. There's this thirst that we need to be satisfied but drinking water would not satisfy that thirst and it takes Jesus to give us this living water to be satisfied and that satisfaction doesn't depend on how much you have in your bank account it doesn't depend on um, if everything physically is going well with you it's just a satisfaction that Jesus gives you to your soul, filling it with joy, filling it with joy and peace. And and even though things are might not be going like perfectly like you would want or I would want it, we would still be excited and joyful when this thirst is being is being quenched by Jesus Christ. So that's the water that God gives. And it speaks peace to our lives, to our situation. And this is kind of water that we should be praying for from God. God, quench my thirst. There's this song that came to my mind. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up. 
come and quench the thirsting of my soul. And it's only Jesus that can give this water. Okay, let's move to the next one. It says that she would fall for anyone who foretells or had a word of knowledge of her situation, even if it did not get to the root of getting her personal connected, personally connected with God. So she was astonished because Jesus told her, like the the secrets of her life that she has had five husbands before and even the man she's married to now is not a husband and i don't know if you have the podium application and someone asked the question that jesus knew she had five husbands and he was not upset about it so let me let me read the question to you so he says, why did the woman of Samaria marry five husbands? And Jesus didn't complain about it. And so I said, good question. Jesus had compassion on her. Yeah. So Jesus just told her about her life. He did not condemn her. And she was happy about that. And at that point, she knew that, whoa, this must be a Messiah. And she came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let's quickly go to point nine or point ten. It says, in, in all our troubles, she had been seeking to meet the right man in life. She looked for the Messiah in all the men she had met in life, but found none that could satisfy. This woman could be typically of any religious, zealous um, person who is always in church but having not yet a deep life-changing coalition with the lord several aspects of our life pointed out here maybe the same recurring issues in your own life that have not allowed you to experience a deep and lasting encounter with god so i just i don't want to gloss over one point that was made here the point that says she she was amazed by Jesus because he told her about her situation. He told her about um, what was um, wrong with her at that time. So I've seen many women, because women are usually very soft and very um, gullible kind of. Some women are gullible. They fall for like pastors or preachers that tell them like the secrets of their life, right? Like tells you the secret of their life. But how do you know this person is a, is a man of God? Um, he has to also tell you that Jesus is the solution to that, um, whatever you're going through and not ask for money. You know, so I have this experience because um, growing up in Nigeria, there are many churches where many men of God, have this gift of, of prophecy to know what's going on in your life. And they tell these women and they ask them for money. They deceive them and say, okay, bring money to me and I'll tell you more secrets about your life. So basically, they are selling the gift of God and using it for profit. And so um, Jesus is not, uh, that is not like them and will never be like them. Jesus... Both told her the secrets of her life and then also um, 
gave her this living water, which is not physical. So the question here is, are you still seeking the water that cannot satisfy? Have you heard the Savior call out, give me a drink? An opportunity it seeks to change your story. So this just makes me understand that many people in the world today, they are thirsty with that kind of spiritual thirst, but they feel like satisfying it with physical things would quench that thirst and they are always wrong so they said okay i'm not happy now i don't have joy maybe if i get that job or make that good money um or make this if i make this money in my life i would be happy um from my experience and from the experience of people experiences of people around me i've discovered that making money or achieving a goal just brings temporal satisfaction and temporal joy it doesn't it doesn't quench that thirst the way jesus does because when you when you achieve one goal and you're happy about it for a short while trust me you'll be thirsty again because there'll be another goal you want to try to achieve right and then you try to achieve that goal, hustling, striving, unhappy about the fact that you've not achieved the goal. However, when Jesus gives you peace in whatever situation you are in right now, whatever goal you have achieved, whether you've achieved the goal or you have not achieved the goal, you will be at peace. You will not be anxious for anything. You will be joyful. And even if you achieve the goal, glory be to God. If you don't achieve the goal, glory be to God. And But you'll be at peace and you'll be happy and you'll live a successful life, giving God the glory every day. Um, Tameka, do you have anything to contribute to say about this? The fact that people try to satisfy this thirst with achievements, worldly achievements. Um, yes, I, I, I definitely see that point and I get it because, um, I mean, of course, like just living here, uh, you can get easily distracted and that is a distraction as far as like, oh, can I achieve this materialistic thing or this work goal? And it just takes up so much of your time that you forget about who put you there in the position to do it. I definitely do get it. And it's easier nowadays to get lost in that because of social media and things. So sometimes you do have to come take a step back and replace that social media time with Bible time, prayer time. Because it does get a little... It's, it's, it's different nowadays. So yeah, I do get that. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um... It's, we, God will help us to grow and understand that in whatever situation we are in, we should allow the water that Jesus gives to quench our thirst rather than allowing worldly goals, meeting worldly um, milestones quench that thirst. It's good to strive hard, to work hard, but there's a difference between when you're working hard without making that a do or die affair, right? Right? 
So when you have the peace of Jesus, the energy you put into worldly things will be the right energy and not the do or die affair energy where you say, I must get this goal um, at the expense of your time with Jesus, at the expense of your quiet time, at the expense of you growing knowledge of God. So when that thing does not replace your time for God, your spiritual growth, then you know that you are your thirst doesn't come from trying to achieve these things. But when the thing you're trying to achieve replaces your time for God, your love for God, or even while achieving it, we sin against God, then we know that we are trying to quench our thirst, our spiritual thirst, with physical water. So while we are achieving this worldly um, feat, because we have to work hard, um, God does not have proof of laziness, right? So it's the hard working that would eat. And God says, be hard working, but not at the expense of your time with God, your relationship with God. Some people put their trust in worldly wealth, riches. They put their trust in their work. And God wants us to rely more on Him. You know, God wants us to rely more on Him. And that is the reason why we are studying this book, Possessing God. So let me just give you like an example. Some people, when they encountered God, the Holy Spirit told them to give up everything they had like their money as we saw in Zacchaeus give half of his wealth to the poor he repented all the money has cheated people he give them back four times as much and obviously he would be left with nothing in the case of the disciples they left their occupation which was fishing they were fishermen and they followed God and guess what there will have been times when they didn't have any money because there was no salary. They were not making money from selling fish anymore. And so they will have been hungry. And at those times, they would have faith that God will, in one way, make a way for them. And personally, I know a couple that left their secular jobs because that's what the Holy Spirit told them to do. And they... they began living in a remote area in Nigeria and doing the work of God, not knowing where the breakfast for the next morning will come from. And every day they've been blessed with miracles and they live by faith. That's like a very high faith that, ah, uh, why would I not know where my meal tomorrow will come from just because I'm doing the work of God? But guess what? God doesn't disappoint them. Like every day they get food to eat. Every day they have clothes on their backs. Every day they have joy, right? Doing the work of God and God is providing for their daily needs. That's like a faith. That's like high faith. Like I, I, I don't know if I have that faith yet. Anyway, but we that when I encountered God, when you encountered God, God told us to give up something because that is the cost of following God. That's the cost of possessing God. And we gave those things up. 
and it happened that those things were not our secular jobs right we're still doing our jobs are mostly because Jesus wants us to shine the light of Christ in that job where we are like what you're doing in your salon what I'm doing in my school and in my laboratory God wants us to shine the light of Jesus where we are and that's why God did not ask for our jobs right so but we should not be different from those people that God asked their jobs from them in that even though we are doing our jobs and we get paid money from it God should decide what we should do with that money we should not trust that this is the money that will carry us through the month but we should believe that God will carry us through the month and not that money because anything can happen at any time and so God can test us at one time that that money would not come for one month and wants to see will you trust me or do you trust this money do you understand so do we trust that money even though we are um, in our secular jobs we we should live as if we don't have those jobs at all our faith should not be in our credit card or our bank, bank accounts I don't know whether I am communicating so let me give you an example like I want to buy a car and if I want to buy a car next month I should not calculate and say oh how much do I have an account I should trust God I should trust God to um, direct me on what car to buy I should trust God for where the money would come from so the money we have should not look like our own but should look like God's own and I know it's the Holy Spirit that will teach us how to do this so whatever we are right now whatever we own we should live as if it is God's to control even though we are working in our self-closure if God says knocks on your door and say all the money you made this month take it take everything and give it to the poor can you do that can I do that and that is what it means to actually possess God and that is what it means when we do not expect um, physical things to satisfy us when we are trusting in Jesus water to actually quench our thirst and do you have anything to say about this Dominica? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, absolutely. Like, I'm so kind of, I'm so kind of like, I prayed about it. I was like, you know what? Well, God will give me the answer. Of course, that's just the answer this morning. Because that's really been on my mind. I was like, well, what do I do? Because you know when you get to a crossroads and you're like, okay, well, I'm like, God handle it. But you just don't know what to do because that definitely makes sense. It does. Okay. Because that is a constant power struggle, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We should, as, as children of God, we should be subject to His will. Whatever He wills, that's what we should do. And when Jesus was on the cross and Jesus came in human flesh and He knew the pain that He would go through, both on the cross and in hell. Because he went to hell to suffer for us as well. So he knew the pain he would go through. The separation from God. Jesus is God. Like we have like uh, spirits and souls and bodies in us. Tameka, you have your spirit, soul and body. If I want to call your spirit, I don't say Tameka spirit. I say Tameka. If I want to call your flesh, I say Tameka. 
if I want to call your soul, I say to make it. So, Jesus was one with God, just like we as spirit soul bodies are one in us. Jesus was one with God. So, coming down to die for us means separation from, from God. And Jesus didn't want that. And when he was about to die on the cross, he said, Father, can you just make me avoid dying on the cross, please? Is it possible? And he said, not my will, but your will be done. And so in our prayers every day, when we try to do stuff, pray about stuff, we should always end our prayers with, not my will, oh God, but your will be done because you have the best will. Your will is the best for me. So we are almost at the top of the hour. Let me just pray for us right now. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how you've opened our eyes to see what you want us to do as Christians with our jobs, how the worldly water, no matter how much we acquire, will not satisfy that thirst that you have put in our souls. We ask that you please, oh God, satisfy our thirst. Satisfy our thirst, oh God, with your spiritual water that will give us joy, no matter what stage we are in our lives, that will make us happy and filled with your peace. Even though um, we have not yet achieved the goal, the physical, secular goal that we are reaching for, help us to experience your peace, Lord. Help us to experience your satisfaction, oh God. And that is what you want us to do. So we thank you, God Almighty, for your words. As we have read, we ask that this word will keep ringing our hearts, changing our lives, oh God, change the lives of our husbands, make them live for you, change the life of our children, make them godly children, make them righteous, bless us, oh God, bless our weekend, oh God, help us to have rest, bless our week, bless our customers, bless our family members, oh God, cover us with your blood, protect us from evil. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from every evil around us. Thank you, O God, for answering our prayers. When you come in your glory in rapture, O God, count us worthy to be raptured with you up to heaven. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.